This is episode 43 of the Strength Running Podcast, where we talk about how to break through a performance plateau. Hey guys, it's Jason, and I hope you're as pumped as I am for another episode of the Strength Running Podcast. Today we're talking about breaking through a performance plateau, something that I think a lot of runners can identify with. You know, it goes something like this. You're training well, you're excited to race, but you just don't get any faster. You're on the same finish times over and over again. You know, what gives? Have you reached your genetic potential? Have you maxed out all of the available fitness that's possible for you? Are you destined to stay at this speed forever? Well, the good news is that no, of course not. There's almost always more speed on the table for you, and it's just up to you to help yourself to it. Before we dive in, let's thank Inside Tracker for making this show possible. I literally would not have published this episode without them. They let any athlete optimize their performance by getting a comprehensive blood test with tailored nutrition and lifestyle recommendations based on your blood work. And until Monday, November 27th at midnight, you can use code THANKSSTRENGTHRUN, which is not case sensitive, to get $200 off their most comprehensive test, the ultimate package. All right, let's get started and talk more about what it takes to break through a plateau. Don't you think it's really interesting that, you know, when you are doing something and you're running and it's just not working, a lot of us just buckle down and try harder, even if you're not even sure that what you're doing is the right thing to do. And often what got you here won't get you there. So if you've hit a plateau and are stagnating, you're running the same times and you're getting frustrated, Doing more of the same probably isn't the best approach. Instead, stepping back and taking a big picture look at your running can give you a really clear picture of what needs an upgrade. Most of the time, you know, I can look at a runner's training and instantly spot three, four, five, maybe even more areas of improvement that would dramatically help their race times or injury problems. So have you ever been running just fine and then... All of a sudden, you got no juice in your legs. Like you can run a 945 mile just fine, but if you try to run 930 mile, it's like the energy was just drained from your body at the starting line. Most runners inevitably hit a plateau or feel like they're working hard but going nowhere. The culprit is usually a combination of lifestyle, weather, and training issues. So let's talk about each one of these and how you can take some really clear and powerful steps to bust through this plateau, and continue improving. So first, let's start with lifestyle. And I think this is the most overlooked problem that runners experience because we tend to think if we're training well, we should be racing well. But that's often not the case when a whole host of lifestyle issues can can make you feel like, you know, honestly, 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag on every run, which, by the way, might be one of my favorite quotes of all time. So let's talk about the number one lifestyle issue that every single coach that I have had, over 10 of them in my running career, has impressed upon me, and that is the value of sleep. Are you sleeping enough? Most of us aren't, and the value of sleep really can't be overlooked. You don't get faster when you're cranking out a long run or during a track workout. No, you actually get faster when you recover from and adapt to that stress. And that process takes a lot of sleep. And that's just how that stress adaptation principle works. Your fitness actually dips. It goes down 
after a training stimulus, like a long run or a tough workout. If you don't recover by sleeping a lot, you'll never super compensate and get in better shape. That super compensation is your body's way of saying, hold on a second, that was really stressful and I don't want to go through that again. Let's get even stronger, let's gain more endurance, gain more speed, so the next time this crazy person decides to do this long run or workout, we'll be even more prepared for it. All right, let's talk beyond sleep and get to stress. Stress is super, super critical to think about. And, you know, it's, it's I think, important to, to realize that your body can only deal with so much stress, both physical and mental. If you're training for a 20-mile charity walk while trying to start a new business, now is not the time to pile 5K training on top of your other stressors. That's a, that's a big example. Now, there won't be a chance for your body to adapt to your workouts if there's too much stress in other areas of your life. So if you are going after a PR, if you are experiencing a high workload because you're trying to train really hard, try to remove as much outside stress as possible because you're introducing a lot of stress with your running. So you need to give yourself every chance to perform well. And I think the issue of lifestyle stress is one that a lot of runners don't think about as much, but there's so much potential for helping you adapt to your workouts even more effectively. And then, of course, the other big lifestyle issue is your diet. You know, I've written a lot on strength running about nutrition and weight loss and in the importance of fueling property because I think it's critical for achieving your running potential. It's as simple as that. And so when you're thinking about your diet, I really think there's typically three culprits when it comes to poor performance. Number one, you're probably not eating enough. And I'll use a great quote from Mark Sisson. He says, sometimes overtraining is just under eating. I absolutely love that. And If you actually search David Roche, R-O-C-H-E, on strength running, you'll find that he contributed to our little black book of prevention and recovery. And you know what his injury prevention strategy is? Eat a lot. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's absolutely true that you need energy availability to not only perform well, but to recover really well and prevent injuries from your workouts. So if, you, if you'd like to get that little black book of prevention and recovery, you can just go to strengthrunning.com elites, and you'll be able to get it right there. Now, the other culprit when it comes to poor performance from a diet perspective is that you may have low iron levels, or you might be borderline anemic. This is more common in women. Uh, And it's rare overall for most runners, but it is something to be aware of if you're feeling really sluggish, if you're getting a lot of sleep, if you're not particularly challenging yourself with your training, but you still feel really bad, then I would say get your iron levels checked. And one of the services that we love here at Strength Running is a service called Inside Tracker. I've done this myself. I absolutely love it. And they look at over 50 biomarkers in your body to determine any deficiencies that you might have, and obviously iron and available iron and stored iron and all the different subsets of this important biomarker are tested. And if you go to insidetracker.com and you use the code STRENGTHRUNNING, you'll actually get a 10% discount on any order. Uh, So if you are feeling sluggish, that is a really important thing to keep in mind. 
Now, the other thing here is dehydration. Now, this probably isn't a big problem for a lot of runners, but you know, if it's if it's in the summer and you're running every day, for some runners who are running double sessions, or maybe you're cross training or lifting weights in the afternoon after a morning run, then you probably have to pay a little bit more attention to hydration. Uh, but for, for most runners, this likely isn't a problem. Okay, now the final thing that you should think about when it comes to diet is the level of carbohydrate that you're eating. Now, carbohydrate is the body's preferred fuel source for high-intensity activity. So don't be fooled, fooled into thinking that you can diet or you can cut carbs while running a lot. You can't. Your performance will suffer. Now, if you're hoping to become fat-adapted, maybe you want to be on a ketogenic diet... Look, that's going to take 6 to 12 months. It's not going to be fun. And during that adaptation period, you're going to see performance declines. So it's not something that I recommend. You know, I think we can look at the best runners in the world and see that, you know, they're not racing in a ketogenic state. Uh, they're not usually training in a ketogenic state. So runners have to embrace carbohydrate. And of course, it has to be healthy sources of carbohydrate. You can learn more at strengthrunning.com slash nutrition, we go over our preferred nutrition approach for runners. All right, now let's dive into the second big area where you might be hitting a plateau, and that's because of the weather. Now, as a coach, I deal with this every every summer, okay? Runners are trying to do their workouts and long runs in hot and humid conditions, and they're simply not performing that well, and they think that they've hit this plateau, but it's simply not the case. You know, I used to live right outside of Washington, D.C., and the first time I ever went there, I attempted a tempo workout. It was 90 degrees with virtually 100% humidity. I could literally see water vapor in the air. And after only about five minutes into that tempo run, my chest felt like it was being compressed by a vice. I was soaked from head to toe, and I just kept thinking that the the path that I was on had had magically turned into to quicksand. After another minute, I just quit the tempo. I couldn't do it before. I had never before experienced such brutal conditions and stopped a workout so early into that workout. But, you know, you combine running in the heat with humidity and strong sun exposure, and you have a recipe for a really uncomfortable run. There's no way around it. You simply can't run as fast in summer conditions. And when they're severe enough, they're just as challenging at as being at, at high altitude. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, you know, a lot of runners think that they're going to be able to run the same easy pace in any condition, uh, but that's not true. And it's not just the summer. You know, running in the winter has its perils as well. Ice, snow, slick surfaces, and sub-zero temperatures conspire against you in the winter. Now, it's not as difficult as summer training, but running through Arctic conditions isn't ideal either. You know, I've coached runners in Norway and Alaska, for example, and, you know, I think these runners have a, a very uh, different mindset when it comes to training in those winter conditions. And while it's absolutely possible, you do have to relax your expectations just a little bit. And no matter what the weather throws at you, it's always helpful just to run by feel. And you can worry about time and, and specific pace and all that stuff later on. Just listen to your body, run the pace that your body wants to run, and you'll be a lot more primed to run well when the weather conditions are a little bit more appropriate for fast running. 
Now let's talk about the training elements that might be contributing to your performance plateau. Now this is, I think, the most important part of this whole equation. Now, if poor lifestyle habits are the most overlooked reason why you're not improving as much as you'd like, I think poor training habits are probably the most common and the important reason why you're probably not getting faster or struggling with injuries. So in terms of your improvement rate, I think there are three more critical pieces to getting faster that uh, a lot of runners ignore. So the first one is not doing a consistent long run. This, I think, for most runners is going to give you the most bang for your buck. Now, if you're not running a long run every week, if it's not long enough compared to the other distances that you're running during the week, then I think you're shortchanging yourself. Now, there's a reason that so many runners affectionately call their weekend routine the church of the Sunday long run. It's the most important run of the week, especially for beginners. Running long builds endurance, it helps make faster paces more sustainable, and it gradually improves your ability to recover. So after a few weeks of skipped or missed long runs, your fitness declines and faster speeds seem more difficult. You're simply not building the endurance base that you need to support your other faster workouts. So make it a consistent habit to do a long run every single week. Now, of course, sometimes you're going to take a week off after a big goal race. Sometimes you might do a shorter long run, but the idea here is to consistently do a long run. If you're taking a cutback long run every other week, then you're not training optimally in my view. And I think that is one of the biggest reasons why most runners hit a plateau. The aerobic metabolism, in other words, your endurance, is one of the things that is most easily improved in your running. And it has such a critical relationship to your finish times in your races. Uh, but the thing is, it does take a while to develop. So for example, if you do CrossFit endurance, you're not going to do many long runs. You're going to do a lot of high intensity workouts and a lot of sprinting. Well, what does that do? That That's like being in a taper. You're going to get a lot faster, but it's not a sustainable way to get faster. Building your endurance base is a much more sustainable way to get faster, and it has the side benefit of making you a lot more resilient. So it's something that I recommend every runner focus on almost every week of the year. Now, another big area of training that runners uh, often ignore is no variety in their pacing. So runners tend to do most of their training at the same pace. And I like to say, if you don't ever run fast, you won't ever race fast. So think really hard about that. Without varying your speed, you're inevitably going to fall into a rut and you're only going to have one gear, which probably is going to be fairly slow. So there's three great ways to introduce more speeds into your training. So first and foremost, once a week, let's do a workout, some kind of structured, faster workout. That could be a fast finish run, a tempo run, a fartlek session, a series of hill repetitions, some sort of track workout. There's so many different ways that you can incorporate a structured faster workout into your running, but it is a very, very easy way to incorporate faster speeds into your weekly training. Now, another way that you can do this is to really make sure that your easy runs are really easy. Make sure your runs aren't just easy, they are at a recovery pace. But then your distance runs, you know, your long runs, your other base runs, 
can be still easy, but still more of a moderate effort. And that's going to introduce a little bit more pace variety into your training as well. And then finally, one of my favorites, strides. Strides are accelerations that you do after your run. They're roughly 100 meters in length or so. And for most runners, they'll take somewhere between 20 and 25 seconds to complete. You can search what are strides either on Google or on strength running, and you'll probably come up with our demonstration video. But I think every runner, with very, very few exceptions, should be doing strides about twice a week. And if you can fix these pacing mistakes and introduce more pace variety, you're going to feel a lot better on your runs, and I think you're going to get a hell of a lot faster. Okay, the next area of training that I see as a big win for a lot of runners to tackle is their mileage. The more you run, the faster you'll get. Applying that simple truth is what turns a lot of average runners into significantly more competitive runners. Now, I'll quote Coach Greg McMillan here. He said something the other day recently along the lines of the the easy running that you're doing builds the internal systems that allow you to run faster. Seems counterintuitive, but that's why the aerobic base is just so critical. It is the support for the faster work that you're going to do. Now, a big part of my job is getting runners to run more safely and without injuries. In fact, you know, my little secret with our injury prevention for runners program is that, you know, it's a lot more than a prevent injuries program. It's really a get faster program that's designed to help you do that without getting hurt. And one of the ways that I do that is by helping runners run more. So instead of being scared of mileage increases or running more days per week, you can rest easy knowing that, you know, the structure of your training is smart enough to drastically cut your injury risk. Now, of course, many beginners or injury-prone runners have no choice but to be a little bit wary of increasing their mileage. But I think we can do more than we think. Our, our capabilities are, are a lot more impressive and our limitations are not as constraining as we think they are. As long as you're training in an intelligent manner, you can probably run a lot more than you think you can. Part of that is making sure that your easy runs truly are easy. And so these are some of the most common trends that I've seen after, you know, talking with so many runners over the years and, and looking at the training of, you know, thousands of runners uh, since 2010. You know, when I look back on my own running since 1998, that's really making me feel old here, <laughs> but the races where I've failed to perform well are usually set in a training period where I've made a lot of these same mistakes. And the races where I set PRs and I do really well and I feel good doing it is where I'm not making any of these mistakes, where I have prioritized lifestyle issues, where I've gotten in high mileage running and good long runs and pace variety, and I'm running these races in cooler temperatures, of course, that's when the magic happens. So if you are struggling in your running right now, I want you to know that there are actionable ways that you can start improving your training right now and that you can use these strategies to get a lot faster in the future. Now, of course, this is running. It doesn't happen overnight, and it certainly doesn't happen in a week or two. It takes time. But look, we're all runners here. I think we're a little bit more patient than the average person. And I think if we exercise some patience with our running, if we 
prioritize intelligent training and make sure that our lifestyle is conducive to that training, then I think we're going to all race a little bit faster. And I think that is exciting. So I hope this was helpful for you. I hope you found value in one of these small lessons that I've shared with you today. And please don't think that you need to implement all of these things at once. In fact, start with one, just one. Please just pick one thing from this podcast episode, implement it in your training, and then I want you to come back and tell me how you did. Hit me up on Twitter, JasonFitz1, or go to facebook.com slash strengthrunning and just post a message. I'd love to hear from you about the nugget from this episode that you found so helpful. I look forward to hearing from you. Let's not forget to thank our sponsor, Inside Tracker. They do something that was usually only available to pro runners, but is now open for everyone. They test over 40 biomarkers in your blood and based on the results, give you custom nutrition and lifestyle recommendations. In other words, they tell you what to buy at the grocery store and what to skip, how to supplement intelligently so you're not wasting your money on supplements that you don't need, and how to change your training to avoid injury, burnout, or simply subpar racing. So if you're training for a difficult race, you want to ramp up your recovery, or you're just a passionate running geek like me who's always searching for more ways to improve, you can save $200 off the ultimate package at insidetracker.com with code THANKSSTRENGTHRUN at checkout. It's not case sensitive, but it does expire Monday, November 27th at midnight. Just use code thanks strength run to claim your $200 savings on the ultimate tier of the service at insidetracker.com. That's it for the show today. I appreciate all your support and I'm so grateful for it. Thank you so much for listening to the Strength Running Podcast.